And here we go. Stop what you're doing. Pause this podcast and grab a snack. Because it's time to talk about food. Welcome back, everybody, to Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. As always, I'm Chris. I'm Sarah. And we're here to talk to you this uh, week or month or millennium or episode about our favorite childhood foods. Um, So before we get into that, as always, you can find me in this podcast and our podcast at patreon.com slash the chippa. Um, I put that under the banner of banner of the Chippa Made This, where I also do the Chipman Brothers Tangent with my brother Bob Movie Bob Chipman, the Talkbuster podcast, where I interview people that I used to work with at Blockbuster and other people from that industry in that time period, and also shooting the shit with Chippa. Um, Sarah forgot to bleep it again. Beep. <laughs> it's it's like a Ew. badly dubbed kung fu movie in here, folks. Um, where it's kind of similar vein as the Chipman Brothers tangent, but instead of talking to my brother, I interview somebody else about some random thing. Um, and so you know me from here and only here because that's where I am. Well, they know you from various things. I'm not allowed to be on the other podcasts. Wah. You I on, want to crash a Talkbuster. You, you were on the very, tangent, rather. You were on the very first Talkbuster. I want to be on a tangent. You can be on a tangent. I, I mean, want to crash a tangent. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> All right, so um, I want to be a tangent on the tangent. Oh, and then, well, wouldn't that counteract the tangent and create a non-tangent? I'm going to fuck with the space-time continuum as far as tangents. The space tangent continuum. continuum. Yes. Dun dun dun. dun. So um, we got the idea for this particular topic and episode, and we're not going to be able to touch on every single one because it could take forever. But we happen to be from Lynn, Massachusetts. And Lynn, Massachusetts. Please don't come find us and kill us. I didn't say where in Lynn. Lynn's a big town. Why would anyone come find us and kill us? Because of the crazy-ass net nerds that sit in their basement and do nothing. I'm pretty sure the crazy-ass Bitch net about nerds. about a Gillette commercial. Oh, wow. So you made this about that. Um, that is my most popular tweet of all time was, um, saying that that commercial was awesome. I'm ashamed of you. Yeah. I'm apparently supposed to, my children are supposed to be ashamed of me. So if you're listening to this and think my kids should be ashamed of me, um, they're ashamed of you. I was going to say they're ashamed of you. Have a nice day. Um, so we happen to be from Lynn, Massachusetts, where a particular favorite food of children across the country and across the world um, is actually manufactured. Um, We're from Lynn where they make marshmallow fluff. So that's pretty cool. So we're going to talk a little bit about the history of marshmallow fluff and the company that makes it and um, start this podcast off with a history lesson like we usually do. So without further ado, Sarah, start us off. Marshmallow cream is a marshmallow confectionery spread (laughs) <laughs> is a marshmallow <laughs> confectionery spread. Fuck you. Marshmallow cream is a marshmallow confectionery spread similar in flavor to solid marshmallow. One brand of marshmallow cream is marshmallow fluff, which is used to make the New England fluff a nutter sandwich. This is manufactured by Durkee Mower, Inc. Its ingredients include corn syrup, sugar, sugar syrup, vanilla flavor, and egg whites. Many late 19th century marshmallow paste recipes produced solid foods. The earliest mention of marshmallow cream is an American cookbook is from Fannie Farmer's Boston School Cookbook, 
printed in 1896. However, the author does not give a recipe for marshmallow cream in this book, instead giving a recipe for marshmallow paste in the cake filling section. In 1902, Mrs. Rohrer's new cookbook, the only new cookbook apparently, by Sarah Tyson Rohrer, describes her recipe as, uh, describes her recipe for marshmallow filling. You mean only cookbook? Well, it's like Mrs. Rohrer's new cookbook, as if it's the only new cookbook. Well, it's her new cookbook. Sure. I don't know. I think you're weird. Around the beginning of the 20th century, Somerville, Massachusetts resident and inventor of the product, Archibald Query, started selling his version door-to-door. He soon afterwards sold the recipe to two candy makers in Lynn, Massachusetts, H. Allen Durkee and Fred Mower, for $500. Let me stop you right there for a minute reading that. In today's day and age, or even then, would you have bought a random white sugary paste from a creepy gentleman coming door to door? Yeah, put this on your food. It's going to be great. The kids will love it. That seems a little strange. The product, uh, I, uh, yeah. And also, they bought it for $500. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Isn't that guy that sold it dumb? Right. Womp womp. Sorry. It's just very interesting. The product first hit market shelves in cans as Toot Sweet Marshmallow marshmallow Fluff in 1917. The first two words were dropped soon after the packaging changed to a glass jar in the 1940s. Today, the Durkee Moore Company is one of the the only three companies in North America to produce marshmallow cream, the other products being Kraft Jet Puff Marshmallow Cream and Solo Marshmallow Cream. Solo. Whoa, I skipped a page. Uh, We're having technical difficulties. Here we go. Fluff continues as a regional tradition in the northeastern United States. One popular use is in the marshmallow fluff and peanut butter sandwich, the Fluffinutter. Also, the container has a no-fail recipe for chocolate fudge printed on the side. I'd like to know in the comments section or just, you know, sending things to this video, if anybody knows anyone who has ever made the fudge recipe off the side of the marshmallow fluff container. I've always read it there, and I don't know anyone that's their actual fudge recipe. Anyway. National Fluffinuffer Day. Fluffinuffer. <laughs> National Froggle Knocker. National Fluffinutter Day is observed annually on October 8th. That was Ava's due date, actually. Some food holidays are stickier than others, and National Fluffinutter Day is a stick-to-your-ribs, chin-fingers-nose kind of day. Celebrate zealously, then take a bath. Yep. The Right. Get that crap. This is the exact statement from the National Fluffernutter Day website. Yes. It was in 1960 that the term fluffernuffer, sorry, <laughs> fluffernutter was created you off as hard as can. by an advertising agency for Durkee Mower in an attempt to effectively market the peanut butter and marshmallow sandwich. Beyond the history of Fluffernutter, let's explore the culinary side of the extraordinary combination of sweet and nutty. Me and you. Sweet, nutty. A little bit of column A, column B from both I'm of the us, sweet, he's the nutty. By layering all the creamy goodness of marshmallow cream and peanut butter between toasted bread, some kitchen experts have taken perfection to the limits. When pigs fly, yes, bacon does complement a Fluffernutter. Excuse me? The hell? You goodness. Just read it. That's a bit of circus, perhaps. But that leads us to another ingredient. Fluffinutter and bananas. Elvis would cry tears of joy. Exchange that white toast for a pretzel bun and some head to my turn. All right, whatever hipster wrote this, 
Um, I'm confused. Fluffernutters, it, it's just peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. Let's stop putting the other crap in it. Well, they had that thing in at Lowell that we got at school that was the... It was a oh. wrap, and it had peanut butter, jelly, fluff, rice, krispies, and bananas. Oh, the rice... Okay, so fine. We can put banana... You know what? Fuck it. We're going to make fluffernutters tomorrow and put bananas and bacon in it. I don't want bacon. I want bacon. I'll do banana. Do you like original fluffernutters or something with a twist? No matter how you like them, share by posting photos and Using hashtag fluffernutter day on social media. media. That's apparently how you're supposed to observe it. So I kept it in here. That's a weird website, by the way. Since at least 2006... The city of Somerville, even though, you know, the idiot is from Somerville, sold the recipe and we actually make it. Ha Who's got it now, Somerville? Suck it, Somerville. Has celebrated Quarry's original Keep your cre- hipsters. Cre- <laughs> Jesus. Creation of fluff with an annual festival in Union Square. In Lynn. No, it's in Somerville. Union Square is also Lynn. No, that's Central Square. Titled What the Fluff? Typical activities at the festival have included a science fair, gallery show, cooking contests, and carnival games, such as a beanbag toss, all themed around marshmallow fluff. In 2011, actress Susan Olsen, most famous for portraying Cindy Brady on The Brady Bunch, attended the festival, where she sold her marshmallow fluff-inspired art. According to a 2006 Boston Globe article, Massachusetts State Senator... Jarrett Barrios proposed a restriction on the number of weekly servings of marshmallow fluff, fluff in our sandwiches in the form of an amendment to a bill that would limit junk food in schools. Screw him. Just remember, we're from one of those coastal states. The proposal was later dropped. Also, in 2006, State Representative Kathy N. Reinstein planned to file a bill that would make the fluff under the official sandwich of Massachusetts. All right, I like her. Here, here. The incident... Incident is locally referred to as the Great 2006 Kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. Marshmallow cream is also a traditional confection in Arabic cuisine, where it is commonly referred to as soapwort meringue. I guess Netef is the language. I don't know. The original recipe is based on soapwort, roots of Saperania officinalis, or roots of the marshmallow plant. But modern commercial varieties are nearly identical to marshmallow cream. It was mentioned in a 10th century Arabic cookbook, Kitab al-Tabih, The Book of Dishes, by Ibn Saiwar al-Warak. I hope I didn't butcher that. Glad you read that one, not me. Now let's talk about fluff. Sarah? I want to go grab the jar and eat some that we have in the cabinet. Um, anyone listening to this that has a jar of marshmallow fluff, it probably is, you know, there from when your grandparents first bought it 20 years ago. And it doesn't go bad. It just hardens. But you know what's really cool? And I didn't know this for the longest. Don't shut your high hole. Longest time is that it settles. Like if you take a spoonful out, that spoonful dent isn't still there. When you open it again, it smooths itself out. Yeah, it's like... um, I never noticed that. My dad pointed it out to me when I was like... 32. No. I wasn't today years old, but I was like a few years ago years old. Um, Yeah, marshmallow fluff, it's kind of like... like uh melted the... marshmallow. Yeah, but it, it like it has the weird consistency of like concrete. <laughs> it's very so what was your how far back can you remember the existence I of marshmallow fluff? My dad always liked marshmallow. I love marshmallow fluff. I mean a fluff or nutter. I used to always put jelly in them. I'll be completely honest. I liked marshmallow fluff and grape jelly. Fair. But a fluff or nutter, there's nothing quite like it. 
But also, marshmallow fluff is not a good substitute for a s'more. But I have to tell you, how the hell do you spread it on bread? You try to spread it on bread and it tears Oh, it rips the bread, the bread apart. So what are you supposed to do? Spread it on the peanut butter or on the other slice of bread? I think what you do. You said you read something on there that you're supposed to spread it on toasted bread? Yeah, well, they said a fluff and nutter is toasted bread, and I've never heard of that. Let's go try it. Like, while we're recording this? Yeah, we'll make that weird, like, eh, sound that comes on when, when no, something's paused. We gotta keep going. Back. Pretend that we did that, but we are gonna try it. Um, I don't know, I, I kinda want a fluffer nutter right now. Yeah, me too. But you won't stop the podcast, so you can go get one. We don't have white bread, it went bad. Remember, we only have honey, um, wheat. honey wheat, which I'm not, honey wheat. I'm not sure if that'll work with my liquid white and my honey wheat, Bob Ross. Hey, we could do a Bob Ross podcast. Haven't, we already we did, didn't we? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Desmond. Um, I'm taking the chipman away. That's fine. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So since we're both tired, let's keep going. So with marshmallow fluff, again, we're from the Northeast. I bet you didn't know that marshmallow fluff was from our area, but it's another thing we lay claim to, like baked beans and um, douches named Sully. Anyway, um, let's talk about some other foods from our childhood. We're just going to name them off list style, list style, not really do a um, background, but, you know, just take this under the caveat of these are things we liked as kids and we'd like to share them with our kids. And I think um, if you're the kind of parent that, you know, like obviously limit foods that are junky and bad for kids, but like that idiot from the thing before a childhood without a fluff and utter is a childhood. I don't want to live. What idiot? The guy that tried to ban the intake of marshmallow fluff. Yeah, we don't need that kind of... Anyway, yeah, we don't need that kind that. of negativity. Ain't nobody get time for that. Anyway, yeah, what do you do? I do fluff. Anyway, um, let's talk about your first one, Sarah, here. <laughs> Magic metal cookies! Dun, 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 Why is it I can't get a Magic Metal anymore? Why did you just do that? R.I.P. Magic Metals. What was the music? That's what they play at, like, a funeral. R.I.P. the Magic Middles. Oh, okay. Those were effing amazing. And I guess you could maybe make some yourself. It wouldn't be a It fun. was like a, what was it, like a Keebler graham cracker cookie with chocolate? It wasn't even chocolate? a graham cracker. It was just like a. It wasn't even a sugar cookie. It was like a, just a chocolate chip cookie. You know? Without the chocolate chips. And it had chocolate in the middle, and they had a couple different ones. They were fantastic. Bring back the Magic Middles, Keebler! Was it Keebler or was it Chips Ahoy? Now I'm getting confused. It was Keebler. All right. I, I mean, I remember. Everyone made that a hashtag. Let's let's get Keebler to bring back the damn magic middles. We're Hash, doing this. Hashtag put some magic in my middle. <clears throat> let's start it. Hashtag magic middles. So, yeah, there's that. If you guys remember magic middles, let us know about it. What your favorite one? Didn't they have chocolate and vanilla? I think they had both. There was a, like, regular vanilla cookie with chocolate filling and I think they had double chocolate oh it was a couple chocolate chocolate like two or three of them. we, we kind of just spurted these out here so I'm going to talk about but yet they kept those stupid EL fudge cookies I liked those <laughs> but the magic middles were better um, so I'm going to talk about uh, some cereals now I'm going to start with if any of you guys remember and I, I don't have a fond memory of this because it tasted good. I have a fond memory because it was just bizarre and weird. So there was a Nintendo-branded Mario and Zelda together cereal from the late 1980s. Oh, we forgot the Frankenberry 
the three ghost cereals. You can okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, so this Mario and Zelda cereal it came in a black box, and <laughs> it had a split down the middle, and they basically had the cover art from Mario and Zelda on it, and it was two slips of cereal. So you got half of the amount of cereal, but it was literally the same cereal, but one was shaped like Mario characters and one was shaped like Zelda characters, and it was like this tricks if it tasted more like a sweet tart like kind of flavor it was disgusting but i absolutely loved it um you know it was one of those things everybody had to have so before we get to the next cereal sarah brought up that we didn't have listed here um the i think count is count chocula a year-round cereal no it's not it used to be i thought they all were um so and who makes those is it kellogg's is it general mills General Mills, I General Mills has Count Chocula, which, you know, is one of those cereals the parents love because it's chocolate and marshmallows. Yeah. <clears throat> and then there's, what are the other ones, Sarah? Frankenberry and Booberry. And I thought there was another one with like a werewolf on it, but yeah. I'm losing my mind. Um, they have Frankenberry and Booberry, and they're exactly how they sound. Um, and they got, taste like crap. They taste like crap, and you, and you love them. It's basically... But I swear they tasted better when we were kids, but now that they only have them out at Halloween... I think they've changed them because they taste like. Also, General Mills went all natural with all the ingredients, and you know how that affects the flavor of things. All that high fructose corn syrup taking. Bring the flavor back to my cereals, goddammit. Yeah, well, it's not giving you cancer anymore. See, that's the difference. So the next is Lucky Charms. What cereal? Okay, but that's what everybody says. Like the yellow five is going to give you it. Eh. That's like what all the crazy parents say. Okay, I don't care. It's no. like the crazy anti-vaxxers. No, they're all against Red 40. Yo, and then Yellow 5. Yellow oh, no, Yellow 5 is the one that's supposed to lower your sperm count. Serious. It's the stuff that's in Mountain Dew. Ah. Anyway, um, Lucky Charms. A cereal that has a new... When, when we were kids, is it me or did Lucky Charms seem to have a new promotion every week of, we added a rainbow. We added a pot of gold. Yes. We added a moon. And it annoys me that they're constantly switching. I want them to go back to the regular blues, whatever the hell they were. Red this. Well, can we? Can you remember? Is it hearts, stars, and horseshoes, clovers, and blue moons, mm-hmm. pots, and golden rainbows, and the red balloons? But then they like kept adding other shit. There's a unicorn in there now. And then they'd add like the magical color changing shamrock. <laughs> And then they had, like, at one point, they were, like, mixed up, so, like, they were the wrong colors. I remember that. Um, so, yeah, Lucky Charms are great. Now they have, like, Lucky Charms mixed with Frosted Flakes, because... Which I actually kind of liked. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It doesn't quite work, but I liked it. Um, tell them about your, the thing we found it, my brother found for you, and it's sugar. So, for those of you that think that the cereal pieces get in the way of your Lucky Charms marshmallows... Um, I don't know if there's anywhere else to get it, but there's a candy store called It's Sugar um, that we have in the marketplace in Linfield. It's just a giant, bright-ass, like, candy store. And they sell cereal box-sized boxes of just the marshmallows and the regular, like, marshmallow, not really fruit flavor, and then in chocolate. And they are phenomenal. I got them for the regular non-chocolate kind for Christmas, and I put them in with a bowl of rice krispies instead of a pound of sugar, and it was amazing. Yeah, that's freaking... They're delicious. It's like just having the Lucky Charms marshmallows. I don't know that I could go as far as having an entire bowl of just the marshmallows, 
But it was nice to have them, and I killed off the Frosted Flakes Lucky Charms, and I added some of those. It's funny, because you know how every box of cereal, especially for parents, tries to tell you, even Cookie Crisp would say, you know, oh, um, that's what I talk about. we can talk about next, 100% of your daily value of vitamin C, like, or whatever, and this says absolutely 0% nutritional value on it. Do you remember on the side of the cereal boxes when we were kids, it used to be a picture of a complete breakfast, and it was like a bowl of cereal, orange juice, milk, toast? Speaking of that, how many times throughout our lifetime has whole milk gone from being the best thing that you can drink to the worst possible thing that you can drink, right? Or eggs, for that matter. But that's a different story. So, so he mentioned cookie, cookie crisp. Cookie crisp. They screwed that up. That's going to be kind of the gist of this whole podcast, I think. Then other cereal that used to taste good that tastes like crap. Yeah, it tastes kind of like um plastic now. There is the Chips Ahoy, I think, makes it now, and it's not so bad. That it's definitely better. better than Cookie Crisp. I will say, though, this is a slight tangent, it's still cereal, but I've gone into Walmart, and there's all kinds of funky cereals at Walmart. <coughs> um, Dippin' Dot cereal, Sour Patch Kids cereal. Um, there's a couple other ones. Is it Pop-Tart cereal? Is that one of them? Yeah, Pop-Tart cereal is definitely there. I had to go buy some cereals at Walmart this weekend. Okay, so that brings us to uh, the Pebbles, which are branded from the Flintstones, if you want to know probably how Meet old... Meet the, the Flintstones, they're dab-a-doo time. A dab-a-doo time. time. We'll have a gay old time. Wilma! Okay. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, so which do you prefer, Fruity Pebbles or Cocoa Pebbles? Fruity, but even those, again, I feel like they've messed with them. I loved their commercials. The fruities are, are still pretty good, but I feel like the, the chocolate ones. Well, I feel like wild. Cocoa Krispies stayed great and Cocoa Pebbles got gross. Well, yeah, because Cocoa, cause Cocoa Pebbles and Fruity Pebbles are General Mills. Rice Krispies and Cocoa Krispies are oh, Kellogg's. Kellogg's? Let's say Kellogg's. Are Kellogg's. Um, anyway, so that brings us to Krispies. I Snap, love Rice Krispies! Snap, Crackle, and Pop. I love Chris Krispie treats. Snap, crackle, Mitch, and pop. Mitch, how'd you get on the box? Well, in Hollywood, it's all who you know, and I know crackle. crackle. <laughs> it's a Mitch Hedberg joke for everybody out there. We're just changing it. Re- rest right. in peace. It's more fun this way. Um, so which do you prefer, Cocoa or Rice Krispies? Cocoa Krispies. Gonna be in the mood. But you always buy Rice Krispies, but you put more sugar than... Um, Anybody in oh, the world. I like I like them both equal. I thought you meant like chocolate pebbles or chocolate rice krispies. No, cocoa or rice krispies. I, you know what I miss is the crispy rice krispie treat cereal. That was awesome. Every now and then you could find it. Rice krispies treats are great. Hey, that that's has anyone ever made a rice krispies treat on here? That uses marshmallow fluff. Or marshmallows. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Marshmallow so, fluff is cheap. A funny aside about rice krispies. Um, me and my friends in high school, um, my friend Stavrula and her boyfriend at the time and her cousin went um, camping um, our summer of our senior year of high school. And we decided that over a fire, we would make Rice Krispies treats and they were delicious. For some, I don't know why, but I hate making them, even though they're really not that hard to make. I don't know. I find it a pain in the ass. I think in it's just stirring the melted marshmallow. But my mom used to, and it was a Toll House cookie recipe. Your Tool House recipe. It was butterscotch rice krispie treats with chocolate in the middle. So what about cocoa puffs? Just the classic. Cocoa for cocoa puffs. Those have been great. There's forever. two different brands, isn't there? No. I thought there was. No. Cocoa puffs are just great. 
They're kind of like um, they're kind of like kicks if they were chocolate. Like they make the milk very chocolate milky. They do. I I absolutely love it. another one that you know is a parent's nightmare. So are you a Crispix or a Chex kind of person? I don't think I've ever had Crispix as just a cereal. So I've always been a Crispix guy. I that like that was my cereal that you put. Checks are great, but. Everybody's parent made Chex Mix. Chex Mix even has a really, but my mother and grandmother make this incredible garlicky, buttery thing called nuts and bolts, which Sarah's a big fan of. And nuts and bolts is just Chex Mix, but it's Crispix instead. So it's Crispix, plain Cheerios, um, pretzels, pretzels, and uh, mixed nuts. Um, with extra cashews added because I love cashews. And his mom adds extra crispies because those are my favorite. Yeah, ones and it's just wonderful. If you make Chex Mix, I recommend making it with crispies. <laughs> It'll change your world. So lastly, even though we've already talked about a bunch of cereals, and this is just the last cereal, not lastly on the um, foods here, um, that got ruined, let's talk about the great 2018 honeycomb kerfuffle. I think it was, it's been a couple of years. Let's talk about it. So, everyone loved Honeycomb cereal. It was like Amaze Balls, one of the huge boxes. Like, one of the only cereals that came in a huge box. That's because it's so goddamn big. It's like the size of the spoon. And they decided to add more honey to it. So the box says. Whatever the hell they did, it sucked with a capital S-U-C-K. It was terrible. Like, nobody liked it. It was horrible. And for the first time ever in my lifetime, enough people complained that they changed it. And it's actually back to the original yummy cereal. I actually have a box in the kitchen. Way to use our rebellion powers, internet, for the most possible good. shout out to... Not, you know, like... General Mills again? Not, you know, like impeaching a president or something like that, but getting honeycomb cereal changed back to the original flavor. Way to go, everybody. Sorry. High five, liberals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, but I'm impressed that that worked. First world problems right there. But that means it's a company that cares about its customers and cares about... Just like Gillette, right? The best a man can get. <clears throat> no, see, women should get pissed off because they sell women's... I don't users. think they use that tagline anymore. Yeah, I All right, let's move away. So everyone go by Honeycomb to thank the company that makes it. Let's move away to cereal from one of the strangest things that happened during my childhood. And um, this uh, put Van Halen back on the map when they brought out Sammy Hagar as their lead singer with the right now. Hey, it's your tomorrow song with Crystal Pepsi. Does anybody else remember this? Crystal Pepsi was the time they decided, hey, we know that you know that this is just chemicals, but we can literally change the color of it and not change the flavor at all. So they came out with clear Pepsi, which quite frankly, still, even though they brought it back out recently, just tastes like Pepsi with pepper added to it for some reason. I know it was probably just in my head, but it feels like it has pepper in it. It's very strange. Is Ava waking up? No, she's not. We're good. So, yeah, that's Crystal Pepsi. Um, If you guys remember it, you I'm not a big Pepsi person, but I had it. I think Crystal Pepsi is delicious. they blue Pepsi, too? They did. It sucked. That was just raspberry. It was just raspberry soda. It was gross. But it also spawned one of the funniest SNL ads I've ever seen where they just used the Van Halen song but did Crystal Gravy. So they said people at Thanksgiving dinner pouring clear gravy over everything, and it was disgusting. 
How many different Mountain Dews have come and gone? Fifteen at least. What? Oh, I, all I know is they brought back Code Red, and it's the best one. Um, that brings me to another weird soda. Do you remember Orbits, Sarah? I remember them. I remember there was like a little bakery-type shop thing in Beverly that had them. I had them once or twice, but I was not really a big soda person. So Orbits was like a clear, fruity soda, like the New York sodas that yeah. actually we can put that on this list too because our friend palmer found them the yeah, new york seltzer. sodas seltzers yeah but orbits the fun thing they did is they floated little like i guess they'd be kind of similar to the the little things you get in like a bubble tea these days but they were just little orbs of flavor in basically a standard seltzer they would float around in it like a lava lamp um and that was it and for like six months everybody was really into them and then they disappeared. Um, so yeah, there's that. So what's your uh, your next one, Sarah? 3D Doritos. Do you guys remember 3D Doritos? Anybody? I do. They came in a tall plastic container. It was like it was like a Pringles can. can yeah. <laughs> Can't get my hand inside a Pringles can. I have a really difficult time fitting my hand inside of a Pringle can. If you feel me, put your hands yeah. up. Come on. Anyway. <laughs> So, so pretty. We can talk about Pringles too. Pringles are great. The 3D Doritos, they, they were they, they were, were like amazing. puffy, air filled Doritos, and they were delicious. <laughs> and you could put down a whole container without even noticing. And the flavor was slightly different. They didn't just go and do the same flavor as the as the flat chip. It was a little different. They were so good. Yeah, they were great. Um, so now that we're on to like chips and things like that, I'm gonna do my personal favorite snack food from when I was a kid that I'm so happy that my daughter loves. A- Ava's way into this. Smart food. Sarah's wow. making gross sounds because she doesn't like cheese. I know you can all harp but on I like orange later. cheddar popcorn. Go figure that yeah. out. Yeah, but smart but food. Smart food is too creamy. It's a cheddar. That's what I love about it. It's a cheddar cheese white popcorn. Why does it have to be white? It's in a black bag. Uh, but cheddar cheese popcorn, and it's just delicious. And um, It's mixed roast. Yeah, Ava loves it. And... Um, yeah, I it's I like cheese curls. It yes, I like cheese curls. No, um it's still around. Um so yeah, there's that. So Sarah, why don't you talk about um English muffin pizzas? So as a kid, you know, laugh at me. My mom used to make us English muffin pizzas, which I would hope you'd all know is just an English muffin cut in half with my mom used some sort of store bought pizza sauce, but I'm assuming it's what everyone uses, and cheese, and you put it in a toaster. I thought my mother invented this, and that made her the coolest thing ever. I thought I had the coolest well, she mother was ever the coolest thing ever that invented English muffin pizzas, and it wasn't until I was an adult and after she had passed away that I found out that she didn't invent them, and I was not happy. And you're just pissed that you're not getting all those English muffin pizza royalties. Right? No, but my mother was still badass, but I thought that's something I'll always remember. I made them for Ava, and she liked it, and I cried. Oh, Because my mother wasn't here to, to see that I passed it down. Yeah. I haven't made them in a while, so maybe I should. So let's have some English muffin pizzas and some fluff. English muffin, how about English muffin pizza with fluff on it? Dun, Ooh. dun, dun. Um, so moving on to, fa- well, in the same vein of family members that make weird stuff, um, both of my grandparents, so my my grandmother on my father's side, my grandmother on my mother's side, both had very unique ways of making tuna fish. and. Ugh. I know Sarah hates tuna fish. I love tuna fish sandwiches, especially since I was younger. You said um, you don't like it anymore. No, I do still, but I loved it when I was little. I said to get tuna fish for lunch, and you said no. I don't like the like bags of it. 
they made fun flavors. Yeah. It's, but anyway, back to the tuna fish. So I, my grandmother had me convinced that it was chicken because the brand she got was chicken of the sea. Which grandmother was this? Grammy. And Vange used bumblebee. Your balls are showing. Bumblebee tuna. What? Uh, Ace Ventura. Uh. They say something that sounds like bumblebee tuna. So he's running around bumblebee tuna. Bumblebee tuna. It's all the aboriginals. Uh. Anyway, so my mother's mother made tuna, again, a tuna fish sandwich. You know, people put mayonnaise in it. People put oil in it. You know, but it was mayonnaise and apples. And this sounds gross to people. But the sweetness of the apples with the um, savory of the tuna fish and the mayonnaise was friggin' incredible. You have to try it. It makes a great sandwich. And for some reason, at her house, it always had to be with Sprite. I don't know why, but it was always with Sprite. That's the flavor profile in my brain. My other grandmother put sweet pickle relish in it instead of apples. And that was delicious, too. So apparently that one's more common. So those are my, like, childhood sandwiches. Back to Sarah. Hi. All right, so the next thing in the, you know, going off the family stuff. So my nanny and my mom, nanny was her mom, would make biscotti, which you all know. Um, Italian cookies with anisette and a lemon glazy frosting. And my mom would also make shapes with the same dough. <clears throat> I'm not sure where the recipe came from, if it was passed before my nanny. I'm assuming, like, I know our pasta sauce recipe came from, like, my great-grandmother or something like that. And my sister makes them, and now since my grandmother and my mother have passed away, I make them. And we make them every Christmas. It's basically an all-day thing of making the dough, making the shapes, making the loaves, cutting the loaves, paint, paint, frosting them, the little sprinkle balls. But it's something that I just can't have Christmas without. They're delicious. <clears throat> and they're very good, and I love them. And they're... The dough isn't that hard to make, except for the fact that my family didn't believe in measurements in recipes. So, <clears throat> for the glaze, we'll say, it's a box of confectioner, confectioner sugar plus extra. Which is exactly what it says. Vanilla and lemon extract. No measurements. None whatsoever. And if you look at the different recipe, like, versions of recipes, like, what my sister has versus what I have, there's always ingredients that are different. Oh, yeah. Um, the next one, I guess, is me, too. So, my sister and I, my sister, well, she's my sister. Um, we were kids. She's older than me. We used to make have ice cream sundaes, and she would, when it started to melt, would mix it up so it was liquidy, and she called it ice cream moolah. See, we did, we did something similar, <laughs> but we'd put it in the microwave to make it melt down. And you make ice cream soup. So we call it. Was it. Bit, yeah. It's basically milk at, milk at that point. But <laughs> what are you going to do? It was, anyway. So um, those of you from the area don't have much to say about this place this in one, particular. This one, spray the area. The area. Um, but Salem, Mass. is the adjacent town to where we're from. Um, Lynn and Salem are adjacent. And Salem, you know, is the Halloween capital of the world. Um, this has nothing really to do with that. But on Highland Avenue heading into Salem, there was a potato <laughs> chip company local potato chip company called Vincent's and they're not there anymore. Um, I think it's like an easy storage place or something like that now, but I think we still have it in the kitchen. My grandparents would always have a bag of potato chips in a five gallon bucket that they'd have below the breakfast nook. And it was a Vincent's potato chips box. It wasn't always Vincent's potato chips. That's just where they stored it. Why? I don't know. So the kids could come and get potato chips. Why don't you put the bag on the counter? The next is Sella's chocolate covered cherries. 
which um, both of our families have a story for. Um, yes. My mother and her brothers would always get Sella's chocolate-covered cherry boxes from um, their parents every year for Christmas. So my mother continued the tradition of always giving her brothers those chocolate-covered cherries. Um, Sarah, where what was your tradition of the same thing, strangely? Yeah, my mom always gave us a box for Christmas. I don't know why. I don't know where the tradition came from. <clears throat> but as far back as I can remember, we got them, and she wrapped them, and now me and my sister, you know, swap off. Whoever grabs them, you know, gives them from my dad. And they're getting harder and harder to find. Yeah. Um, the next so for year- some reason, everyone likes the yucky, gross Queen Ants, but they're, they're, you see more of, but it doesn't seem like they actually sell. Right. And while we're on candy of sorts, um, my favorite candy bar from when I was a kid that I think they had a, another version of it for a while called the Thingamawatsit or the Thingamabob or something yeah. like that was the Whatchamacallit, which um, is a funny sounding candy bar. That's why I liked it when I was a kid. But it's it's kind of similar in vain to the Take 5. I don't think there's peanuts in it, but it's like a... There's also not pretzels in it. Yeah, it's like a um, crispy rice... And chocolate and nougat and caramel, strange ass candy bar that I absolutely love, and um, I want one right now. Um, fruity marshmallows. Um, I don't know if they're hard hard to find, but they were around when I was a kid. Um, but they're mini marshmallows, but they're fruit flavored. There's lime, lemon, orange, and cherry, or is it strawberry? I think it's strawberry. And they are very addictive. Like I could sit and put down a whole bag, but they're yummy. And we had them as kids, and I can still find them, but I just they're hard to find. Every so often they pop up in the grocery store, but I don't even get them at Walmart. Uh, my next one is you know, my uh, mother's mother always had a, a drawer of snacks um, in her kitchen, and they were always, you know, Pepperidge Farm snacks, like, you know, Milano cookies and goldfish. Um, but she always had the ginger men, which are the gingerbread cookies that look like little people that yeah. have little sugar crystals on them. Yeah. And you all, every once in a while, will get me a bag <laughs> of them. And I just love them, and I think they're great. <laughs> they're very good. Um, okay, and similar. Um, this is another one that I loved that has gone away. And Keebler, bring them back. The jingle cookies. The Christmas cookies that they had called jingles with the sprinkles. I used to eat those with a glass of eggnog, and I haven't had them in years. And Keebler... What are you doing? Why are you taking my cookies away? You're harshing my cookie mellow, guys. Where are them damn elves to bring back my cookies? It's friggin' elves. Yeah. Um, it always reminds me of the movie Elf when they talk about the different types of elves and then they show the Keebler elves in the tree and they goes, who would bake inside of a tree? And they just show the tree on fire. <laughs> I always liked that. Then this fruit by the foot. So Fruit by the Foot was an interestingly odd thing. It kind of in the same vein as Bubble Tape, which was the bubble gum in a tape container. But I, but I like Fruit by the Foot better. Fruit by the Foot, they basically <laughs> took fruit roll-ups, which are one of the strangest concoctions of smushed fruit made into like a piece of paper that looks like you found, you know, a person and cut their skin off. But let's leave it like alone. Um, but they would take that and make it a rolled like fruit tape that you'd unroll and eat. And I thought Fruit by the Foot was awesome. I mean, it's just a fruit snack in a rolled form. But I feel like it was actually longer than a ruler length. I think it was a yard. Three feet. Yeah. Just like bubble tape, I think, is a yard. So why isn't a fruit by the yard? To not confuse children. But that does confuse children. It's fruit measured by the foot. It doesn't mean it has to be a foot. If it was fruit, it would just be a foot of fruit. Thirty-odd foot of grunts which is the name of Russell Crowe's rock band from Australia. 
and I needed to know that why. That's relevant to this podcast. Why? It just sounded like a funny thing to say. Okay. Um, so the next <laughs> by foot is good. I have had the it. next is my favoriteest, favoriteest thing. And me, yes, absolutely. I... And it made me really happy when it was re released when a certain movie that's hated on the internet came out in 2016 oh. and they re released it. And my brother got me a case of it. Um, Ecto Cooler. So High C has this like <clears throat> orange lime flavor that, um, they came out with and branded to Slimer from the Ghostbusters, a uh, real Ghostbusters cartoon show when I was a kid. Yes. And that was my favorite thing ever. And I always loved Ecto Cooler. Um, and they came back out with it and I got to have some and it made me really friggin' happy. And if you can find it, hopefully with this new Ghostbusters movie coming out in 2020 that I hope is good, they'll bring it out again and I'll be able to get more. So, again. yay Ecto Cooler. If you have any, you can send them. We'll take it. Send me your ecto cooler. <clears throat> Send me your broken masses or whatever. Um, you're poor. You're huddled. Yes. Big Link Two, that bubble gum for kids that wanted to pretend they were chewing tobacco. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was bubble gum to replace chewing tobacco for baseball players. It's really good. Yeah, it's like it's like bubble gum in like I pasta shreds. I'm not allowed to have gum anymore because my jaw does weird things. So the dentist told me no more gum for me. Makes me very sad. But I have bubblegum ice cream and there's gum in that, but it's frozen so you can chew it like candy. She's cheating. Don't tell my dentist. So Can I tell you that bubblegum ice cream is a hard thing to find around here? Yeah, but Richardson's can't buy it in the store. Fast ice cream makes it. But I have the attachment for my stand mixer to make ice cream so I can make my own. Woohoo! It's going to be awesome. And we also have Penny Candy on the list, you know, the random little like. Not to be confused with Pennywise the Clown. Correct. Petty candy. You know, you go into like your local general store. I like, love general stores. Anyways. And, you know, they just got the random little candies, the Tootsie Rolls. The Let me see your Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls and the, uh, what's it? The, oh my God, we made a long list here. The Tootsie Rolls and the Bazooka Joe gums and the things like that. And penny candy is just fun. The, um, speaking of penny candy. <laughs> Um, we went to the Penny Candy store on Cape Cod and it. had them the um, do the candy bar for our uh, wedding. So that was I really love cool. Penny Candy. There's like you said, there's a candy store. It's a little tiny, like hole in the wall, like barely can walk around candy store, and it's got a section in the back that's all like Penny Candy, and you get a little like wicker tray thing, and you fill it, and I always overflow and spill everywhere, and spend a bajillion dollars in there. And, Get all kinds of yummy things, and I love them. I love so, candy. Yeah, I'll put push pops and ring bops in the same thing because they're fun. They're still around. Yeah, push pops are like a pop with like a um, candy tube that would push out of it that you could put on your finger and eat. And ring pops was the same exact material, but it was on a ring or on your finger. Yeah, they're fun. Kids love them because you can play with them. Yeah. And that brings us to Fun Dip, one of the strangest confections in the world. I love Fun Dip. So any of you that have ever been in a Spencer's Gifts or a Hot Topic know of, like, the tubes of pure sugar, like, um... Uh, the giant-ass pixie sticks. giant-ass pixie sticks. Well, Fun Dip was basically pixie stick in a pouch. With a... And it came with a sugar stick. scoop that you stick. licked and made wet. 
and then you'd stick it in the sugar so it would be hardened sugar with sugar like and it dust. Was three packets there was cherry grape and then the blue raspberry that went from green to blue but for some reason when you go to like penny candy you can buy you can get just cherry or just the blue raspberry you can't get just grape which is bizarre as hell and if someone could explain why that is I will send you some fun dip. Okay. And this one kind of would go under the penny candy thing, but I had to separate it because I will take down an entire bag of this myself. Gummy frogs. There was a crap load of gummy candies out there, but these weird lime with like a cream bottom gummy frogs are the best friggin' thing on the planet, and I want some right now. And I have some, and I will eat them. I bought them for you. From It's Sugar. Yes. This podcast brought myself, to you by its I also sugar. got myself toasted marshmallow jelly beans because those are by far the best jelly beans. Those belly. are the jelly belly. Not to be confused with Bernie Bott's many flavored beans. Or which bean is, boozled. Which is by Jerry Jelly Or belly. bean boozled. Which, which is, is by Jelly yeah, Belly. Which is the Jelly Belly game. You could, you There's know. actually a store at our Jordan's Furniture that's, that's all Jelly Belly Jelly Bean products. Well, all of Jordan's Furniture's opening when you walk in where the IMAX is is... All made out of jelly beans. Jelly beans. They made like structures out of jelly beans. Because. Why not? I don't know if. Is Jordan's Furniture nationwide? No. So Jordan's Furniture, for those of you that don't know what it is, is this weird ass chain of furniture stores that are actually very good furniture stores, but they didn't want to just settle for being a furniture store. So every single one of them has something else that's a draw. So this particular one has an IMAX theater one of the best IMAX theaters in the area with Sunbrella seats, which they used to be memory foam, which is a brand that they sell. And they have a like laser water music show, a Richardson's ice cream place, the bean town, which is, you know, bean town, Boston made out of beans. They have a, uh, Fuddruckers, which is not pornography. It's a burger place. And they've got the jelly belly store. And they have um, a, rope. a ropes course. Used to be um, trapeze. Yeah, it used to be a trapeze. And that, you know, that's that Jordans. The other Jordans has the Enchanted Village and Mom, the Motion Odyssey ride. The other Jordans There's furniture. There's one that's Mardi Gras themed. Yeah, it's Mardi Gras themed. So, and they actually had a Mardi Gras parade that comes out. It's very week. strange. So when you go to the movies there, you actually come out at the top of the store and have to walk all through the store. To come out. It's like a Disney ride. It's kind of funny. I think it's the Natick one. The one that's... Yeah. The so... Natick collection. Hey, moving on. Marshmallow ice cream cones. These are also found in Penny Candy. <clears throat> so it's a little teeny thin ice cream cone with marshmallow ice cream. And they are amazing. And you can still get them. I get them at that Penny Candy store in a big container. But I feel like they give you less of the marshmallow. But they're still so damn good. <clears throat> Flying saucers. At least I think this is what this candy is. It's a foam candy? It's basically the wafer tastes like a host at church. And it's got little candy balls in it. Basically like nerds. They're like nerds inside of it. But they're not fruit flavored. You introduced me to these and they're delicious. And then there's one of my favorite strange things from when I was a kid that eating them as an adult feels a little strange because just having something to squirt in your mouth is weird. But Gushers... Were That's awesome. What she said. That's what she said. Exactly. Gushers, when I was a kid, they came out, I think, when I was like six or seven years old. Mm. And it's a fruit snack that has liquid inside of it. And when you bite them, they squirt. 
so weird. It's weird, but they're delicious, and they make like a thousand different flavors. It's like a them. spicy one that just came out. Yeah, I need to have them. So then we get to the biggest controversy of our podcast. In our whole I world. really like soft Chips Ahoy cookies. Ew. Crunchy Chips Ahoy. Soft. But... When I make home-baked ones, I don't like them super crispy. I like them to almost have a cakey consistency. Is that how you describe that way I make them? Yeah, you definitely more cakey than cookie-y. Yeah. They're kind of more the consistency when you make them of the biscotti. Yeah, but that's not them. But, um, but yeah, yeah, chewy I chips ahoy, not, gross. Chewy blah. all day long. Chewy all day long. Gross. Crunchy chips ahoy. So, <coughs> another weird... Food. So I have a thing about the. Is it the Chips Ahoy that I claimed that was a thousand chips? A thousand chips, delicious. In every bag, I took a class my senior year of high school because I didn't have to take any required math or science, and it was a statistics class. It was like science and statistics or something. Yep. And one of the things we did was we we had a couple of bags of Chips Ahoy cookies or a bag of Chips Ahoy cookies, and we actually ate them and attempted to count and see if there was a thousand chips in the bag. Were there? I don't remember. That's boring. Possibly. It's probably like plus or minus 10%. I think so. Um, so then that brings me to a weird chip, I guess, that I had never seen in a store till I was older. So I was convinced that my grandparents just imported them from somewhere. But there's this weird like cracker chip, I guess corn chip. Yeah. Called the bugle. It's like a super sweet corn chip, I guess. And they're made, they're like a hollow cone. I guess, made to look like a cornucopia or a bugle. And um, they're delicious, and they're also one of the worst. They're fried, so they're, like, wicked bad for you. But they're delicious. And my grandparents would always serve them with this weird shrimp dip that I thought was delicious. But they're not all that sweet, though. It's just, like, a weird version of a, a Frito. And they seem sweet to me. I don't like know Like a weird why. version of a Frito. But then it they is have, a like, weird the version chocolate of a peanut Frito. butter ones that I like. And then there's the – we'll end this with – What's been our daughter's favorite snack? Up until she found popcorn. Up until she found popcorn. Give me popcorn. Um, is the <clears throat> classic standstill from Pepperidge Farm, the goldfish. The snack that smiles back. The snack that smiles back goldfish. With more different versions than Mountain Dew. <laughs> they actually just came out with... Um, A taco chip style goldfish, which they're very good. Yeah, we were eating them in the grocery store today because I was starving. So all of these things are things that we loved from our childhood that were edible. I'm sure there's more. We'll probably do another episode. Um, but they're all things that, you know, make a childhood and make a life. And, you know. Um, it's fun seeing the things that our kids will eat and try and telling them about the stuff that we wish would come back and begging Keebler speaking of that, to bring our cookies back. I always thought Chef Boyardee was gross, even though I would always make my parents buy it. You know, mm-hmm. Chef Boyardee and SpaghettiOs, but Ava loves it. Scoogettis! Yeah, we give her the... I, my sister and I used to eat the the raviolis for Chef Boyardee, and occasionally I'd get the um, beefaroni from Chef Boyardee, but it's hard to because I'm Italian, so I should be eating real sauce. And my mom used to always buy us SpaghettiOs, and we never ate them. Yeah. So I need to buy a can and eat SpaghettiOs. SpaghettiOs are disgusting. Do they taste like Chef Boyardee? They taste the exact same as Chef Boyardee. It's like someone took Campbell's tomato soup and tried to pass it as pasta sauce. Yeah, I I can't stand it. But our daughter loves it, so there you go. So that's the end of our childhood foods episode of Creating Geeks. Um, Again, we hope you enjoy this. Um, It's a lot of fun to make this. Hope you guys enjoy listening to it. 
Um, as always, you can post comments, topic ideas, or anything else to patreon.com slash the Chippa or to the YouTube page, the Chippa made this, um, which through all these, you can get the Chipman brothers tangent <coughs> talkbuster podcast, shooting the shit with Chippa and this, the creating geeks podcast. And so as always, Sarah, there's no shame in being a geek, no matter how old you are. Good night guys. Peace out or good day, mate. Bye.